Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we will enlighten you with our real estate knowledge, highlight entrepreneurship, and have conversations about your passions, goals, and your struggles. In this episode, we're going to talk about home ownership, why it's important, um, Tanya and I's um, individual experience with home ownership. So Tanya, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about your experience as a homeowner. Okay. So I bought my first house at 22 and <clears throat> it was in Abbey Lane subdivision in Springfield. If you're familiar, it's Southwest area of Springfield and um I think um, from my recollection of being a young person and thinking about home ownership, I was getting ready to get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randy and I were lucky enough that his parents had given us a little bit of money for down payment. And so I don't, he and I never rented together. We didn't even live anywhere before we got married together. We lived separately in apartments. And it was just, it was the plan, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess probably growing up in the family of builders, it seemed natural. So I know that there's a lot of young people these days that that is not a thought on their mind or on their radar whatsoever. Um, but it was for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, so we, um, had a seven plus percent interest rate for all Mm -hmm. of you naysayers out there that that's crazy high. Well, that was normal Mm -hmm. in 1994. And um, it was a two-story house, uh, I believe it was 2,000 square feet, and had five bedrooms and two bathrooms. Wow. Randy and I thought we, we had made it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a eighty-two dollars or $83,000 house. Yeah. So um, at 22, you know, we've, we were suddenly playing house in this, in this house that we had just purchased. So... Um, Another shout out to Micheline Ramsey. She was my realtor. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say, or I, I know positively, I have bought and sold six homes that I have personally lived in up to this age now. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so okay. I've done it a few times. And I mentioned in the last episode that my grandparents set the stage for lots of moving. Yes. And I believe they moved 28 times in their wow. lifetime. That's amazing. So, yeah, so I wasn't scared of moving and um one thing that that I will say to each move that I have had in those six moves, I always made money off of whatever house I was selling to move out of or mm-hmm. I kept that house as a rental and I bought another house. Excellent. So um, so it was a way to build wealth. Mm-hmm. So what about you? So not nearly as many homes okay. as you. Okay. And I, again, I come from a farming background, so we didn't move. We stayed in the same house. Of course. So my house burnt when I was in the sixth grade and we just built back there. So yeah. I think as I was growing up, I only lived in three homes and 
two of them were in the same spot because okay. one burnt. So, right. sure. so that's, um, that's what I grew up with. And then I went away to college and obviously did not own a house while I was in college. And right. then I was a bit of a nomad. I did a little couch surfing and rented for a little bit until right. I um, finally, at that point, um, my dad was actually building houses. He mm-hmm. was still farming, but he, we started um, okay. doing some construction as well. Yeah. So I've owned four houses. Um, is that right? Yeah, four. So my first two were brand new construction, and I was the builder on the second one. And interesting side note, and something that frustrates me a lot, I was not allowed to be called the builder of record on those those new construction homes, even though I was the general. I wasn't really? allowed to because I had no fur. Um, prior experience. I uh-huh. also believe it was because I was a woman. Uh-huh. I was a young woman who didn't have any experience. Yeah. So the bank would not loan to me um, because I didn't have that previous experience. So my dad had to be listed as a general, sure. even though I did all the work. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, and then that second home, I didn't intend to stay in it for 14 years like I did, but recession hit, you know, things, you know, just weren't moving. So uh, while I intended to build every couple of years and move on. I I got stuck in that one house for about 14 years. And that was in Pleasant Hope. And then I moved into Springfield in 2015. um, And I've lived in Springfield since and and owned two homes in Springfield. So um, but it's like you, I've made money on every home, um, because we obviously are in in the market. We understand right. the market. We know when it's good to sell. Um, I sold um, my house in 2022. Yes. Okay. Um, early 2022. No, I take that back. It was late 21. Um, I didn't have to sell. I didn't need to sell. But I could see the writing on the right. wall. Yeah. And I knew I was going to make more money at that time than right. I ever could because of the market. Um, so I took advantage of the market and got out of that home and, and um, rented yeah. for a little while until I found a house to, to buy. So... Um, Let's talk about that theory for a second, because we have been in the best real estate markets we have ever seen, Mm -hmm, right? Exactly. In 21 and 22, for sure. Um, So how many clients or or your agent's clients did you see and hear that happening? You know, people selling for really no good reason other than... Absolutely. I can make a ton of money right now. Yeah, yeah. So was that a prominent conversation in your office meetings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were always, um, we had a number of people that, and that's one thing that led to the high rent rate is because there were so many people that were selling to take advantage of the equity that they had in their home. Mm -hmm. And they ended up with nowhere to go. But right. they ended up renting. My brother and sister-in-law lived in my, my parents' basement and took advantage of, <laughs> of selling their home with four kids, no less. Oh, but, wow. um, you know, so, but you understood that, yeah. that, again, the value would probably never be as high as it was yeah. in those years, the previous years to, to this one. Um, and, and that, you know, can lead into a conversation about understanding and, and we as realtors really that's our job we have to understand what the market is and we have to right. educate our buyers and sellers yeah. and it was one of those opportunities for us to reach out to people we had worked with in the past mm-hmm. who maybe weren't thinking about selling but when we did a comparative market analysis and could tell them what they were going to make on their home um they figured it out. Right. They figured out where to go and and how to how to make that work, um, so their family could have a little nest egg. Because right. 
while we all own homes and it we all own we all have housing and it's our home mm-hmm. we also need to think of it as wealth building it's one of the best ways to build wealth absolutely and um we always say in this business that it is the largest investment that you might ever make so right. um i would say you might agree with this probably nine maybe eight out of ten clients of mine um, are are buying and selling houses not as a business but as homeowners yeah. and they're not investors if you will yeah. they're just homeowners that are moving from one house to another typically because of change so mm-hmm. um, a lot of our business comes from or repeat clients come from change in their lives so death and divorce and babies and Mm -hmm. just growing out of your house Mm -hmm. um we see a lot of repeat customers and and if you do the business right you see exactly yes that's a whole nother topic but (laughs) um so in turn they're building wealth and um I, you mentioned staying current um, in order to be able to educate our clients in the best way. You have to be in, in the business. Mm-hmm. So people who you know may not be working real estate full time may not have their pulse on exactly what is happening in the current market. And I can say I remember last year, uh, after interest rates started to go up. Mm-hmm. So about August, I was having different conversations with my agents, and that has continued into this year, that the market was changing sometimes weekly. Right. But if you went a month without really being involved in you know showing or listing or negotiating or whatever mm-hmm. we do day to day, um, you didn't know what was happening. And so it was really important to uh, educate my agents who have different uh, volume levels. You know, some are really busy, some are not so busy. Um, But for them to understand, this is what you need to tell the consumer. This is what is happening, you Mm -hmm. know, currently. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, although we've been low on supply since 2020. So yes. that really, that supply hardship really started in 2020 when there was a lockdown, right? Um, but people still have to sell. They still have to sell and they still have to buy. They get transferred right. and they have all those life events I mentioned happen no matter what's happening in the world, a pandemic or not. Right. Um, but uh, once we got to the 22 market and things started slowing down because of interest rates, Mm -hmm. then the sellers really put the pause on selling because they have a two or 3% interest rate. Right. And they started considering how much more money it was going to cost them to Mm -hmm. be a homeowner Mm -hmm. of a new home. And by new, I just mean a different home. Mm -hmm. So yes, they could make a lot of money, but the flip side of that is you're reinvesting and spending that much money to go into another home, and you might not be getting the same payment, interest right. rate, um, taxes have went up horribly. So I think that understanding all of that, because if we have a client that calls us 
in the midst of all of this starting to happen, we can't just pretend like, oh, it's business as usual. It's been the craziest year ever. And 2022 was the craziest year ever. However, it came to a screeching halt quickly. And understanding those things is our job, not only as realtors and the clients we're serving, but for us to educate our agents Mm -hmm. and to keep them uh, focus forward on what they should be telling their clients. Absolutely. I mean, we are in a service industry, so it's very important that we stay up to date on market trends and, and um, the market shift. And that's that's what we do for our clients. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it changes all the time. And going out and meeting with clients who don't have an understanding, they know that their neighbor down the street sold in 21 for X amount of dollars, and they think they're going to get the same for theirs. Now, pricing has continued to rise, even though, but that's basic supply and demand. Sure. Because we just, we do not have the supply. So um, pricing continues to rise. We still have a, um, a, a, big deficit in in terms of our inventory Um, and so it's trying to work with both buyers and sellers to figure out how we can bridge that gap and how we can put their house on the market and and be creative in ways to find them um, a way to move forward because like you said life events people have to to move have to sell right and there are still a lot of buyers out there and they're going to pay um you know, you mentioned seven, seven or seven and a half or mm-hmm. whatever it was when you first paid, the 30 year average is 8%. Right. So we still, even at when you bought your first time, right. it was still below the 30 year right. average. So, um, and we still continue to be that today. Yeah. So let's talk about um, a little bit. We've told you our stories in terms of our home ownership. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, why home ownership is important, um, what it means to a family, and maybe a little bit about, you know, as you age and and at what different times in your life it's important to um, to move or 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 be a homeowner. You know, we work mm-hmm. with a lot of first time homebuyers. We, um, no matter what stage you are in this business, you're you're working with first time homebuyers. So, sure. which require a lot more education and and help. Um, which I love. Yes, I love. Me that's too. that's love one reason we've buyers. both been in the business for over 20 years and we talk about our passion for the industry and a lot of that stems from being of service to someone who is going to make the biggest investment of their life yeah. at that to that point yeah. and helping them navigate the um, transaction and and fulfill whatever goal that they have that they're they're working on. Right. Right. Um, so I have a favorite first time homebuyer story from oh, last great. year. Yeah. Um, it's my daughter Madden. So um, Madden is 22 and she came to work with me in 21. Mm-hmm. I think she was licensed January 21. And um, I was in need of an assistant uh, because my last one had had a baby. And um, so she was still in college and wasn't sure what she wanted to be when she grew up. So she came to work for me. And so talking about the, you know, how you just naturally go buy a house. Well, mm-hmm. um, of course, I'm talking about it with her. Now she's living and breathing it every day. And we just started putting together, okay, you know, um, 
prices probably aren't going to come down. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to continue to go up, which is a national forecast. And so uh, we found her a house. She became a first-time buyer. Um, And it was really exciting as her mom to be able to see her at 22 buy a house like I did at 22. And believe it or not, her interest rate was still lower than mine at five something. I can't remember what we locked her in at. But, you know, we lived with two and three percent interest rates for so many years and four percent. That was just so normal. Mm -hmm. I don't remember feeling like five was outrageous, you know? So I think that um, when the, especially the seasoned buyers, so first-time buyers, they don't have any history of an interest rate other than what their parents are telling them probably, or their friends are telling them. So they don't have any history to go off of. So I think um, it's important for us as realtors to remember what their story is and to ask them those questions Mm -hmm. um, because it is impactful on how they're going to feel in this process and Mm -hmm. and getting that payment figured out of the gate. I mean, that is imperative now with higher interest rates just because if you have somebody that was, you know, maybe pre-approved, a year or two or years earlier at a different rate, that payment can really change. Right. So um, back to the importance of home ownership, um, I think that, you know, if this is the largest investment you're making in your lifetime, <clears throat> and eight out, out of 10 people it is, mm-hmm. you and I can't say when we're helping our clients, we can't say, you're going to make a ton of money on this in right. the future because we don't have our crystal ball working or exactly. plugged in at the time. Exactly. So um, we, but we know because we don't only speak from our own experience of the houses we've owned and what's mm-hmm. happened with them. Mm-hmm. We see our clients call us again and say, oh, we grew out of our house or we're getting transferred to Colorado or whatever the case might be. And so we're there to witness their uh, joys of of being able to make money and right. to, you know, they've lived there long enough that they've turned that over and the market's increased, or maybe they've done a lot of upgrades to their house or updating. You don't necessarily upgrade and updating or different things, right? right. Different Absolutely. terminology. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me what your, um, tell me one thing you tell your first-time buyers, and why homeownership is important to a, a new client of yours? What is what is that one thing that you would point out to them? Well, I, you know, we never – it's not our job to help them figure out where to buy, no. right? Right. But one thing when I see time and time again with brand-new home, homeowners, they, um, they're thinking about forever. They're thinking, Absolutely. I'm going to yeah. buy this house. I'm going to live in it for 20 years. I'm going to raise my babies here. I'm going to whatever. And I'm looking at it more as an investment. I'm, I'm trying to protect Same. them and, and the house that they buy, the location they buy in. I'm looking at things like, you know, is it going to need a roof in five years? And can mm-hmm. they afford it in five years? I'm looking at the HVAC system. I'm looking at all those things while they're falling in love right. with the house. And 
I feel that it's my job to coach them. I mean, now I think the average time in a house is, has gone up to like seven or eight years, and it may be slightly higher. It used to be five years. For a long time, mm-hmm. we the average time in, in one home was five years, right. and now it's gone up some, again, because of COVID and, and some other things. People are, are able to work from home and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. They don't have to move for a job as much, but um, still... The, it, it is not going to be their forever home. No. And and I have to try and um, have that conversation with mm-hmm. them that, that they need to look at it as, and what if? What if you lose mm-hmm. a job in two years and you have to sell this home mm-hmm. and you um, are, are stuck um, paying too much in a location that will never bring the same value and, right. and that kind of thing. So <laughs> we have those conversations, and and I'm trying to educate them and, and let them fall in love with the house at right. the same time, right. but making sure that they're looking at it from a, a perspective of, of an investment. And should something happen, God forbid, that they have to get rid of this house and they call me, I don't want to say, I don't want to have to say, I told you not to buy it. (laughs) All right. If you buy this one, don't call me again. Just just kidding. But, you know, I want them to make good, solid decisions, and they don't know. They don't know what that is until, unless we're there to help guide them. Right. And many times they do have family helping or friends advising. If they're lucky, yeah. And um, they can also give them those tips and Mm -hmm. have opinions on those things. But really, we sometimes it is in our hands to educate. And um, I think that most first-time homebuyers oftentimes leave the experience with a holy cow. Like, they had no idea what all this terminology was and what the title company did and what Mm -hmm. an appraiser does and why that's important for your loan process. And there really is a lot to it when you are green and you don't know anything about it. And um, Angie, what I'm hoping that over the course of this podcast, I'm hoping that we can encourage homeownership with all of our young viewers and listeners and also those people who have maybe, maybe they've come onto a hardship and they've been renting now for five years because Mm -hmm. something happened with a job or with, you know, medical expense or something that they had to sell. um, And they're renting again. Rents have went up 28% in the last year. That's, I mean, that's a fourth of your income, right? So um, we, we have to be mindful that, um, not everybody wants to be a homeowner and that's okay. There, yeah. there are lots of rentals out there and there's a place for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also want to encourage and educate, um, people of why they would purchase their first home, why they would get into investing, mm-hmm. um, why you might be going to college at MSU, Kate, and your parents, thought about at one time, maybe ran it around in their mind to buy a rental house so that you could rent it and they could have an investment property while you were there in college. And then your brother came. So now they've got eight years that they could have had an investment. And after eight years, you can usually turn that investment pretty well. Um, So there's just so many things about home ownership, Angie. Yeah, there really is. And, and, you know, I think we have to keep in mind, um, we 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 help a lot of military folks move and um sure. and sometimes they've gone through the military and they in their 
maybe 40 before they're buying their first home. So first time home buyers are not necessarily, you know, right out of college or are very young. Um, and, and the older you get when you do new things, it, the more scary it is. So, um, so we have to keep that in mind and, and know that, that, you could be a first-time home buyer at any point in your life. The other thing that that you kind of touched on, you know, we saw a lot of that coming out of the recession. People had to do short sales and they had to do foreclosures. Mm-hmm. And they get this mindset that they'll never own a home again. Yeah. And four or five years past the recession, then um, we were talking to buyers and, and getting them approved, even if they had had a foreclosure. I mean, it, it doesn't mean the end of the world. If you have had one of those situations lived through medical debt is another one that I see cause a lot of hardship. And, um, just because something like that has happened, please don't let that derail you from seeking us out and, and talking to a lender about getting pre-approved because, um, there are ways to to make that happen again. Um, you might need some counseling, some credit counseling, or whatever. But Absolutely. but um, I just want to make that point that you should never feel, um, and you're not going to get judged because lots of people had to do that during the recession. Lots of people, um, you know, lost their jobs during COVID, yeah. and maybe. Um, you know, had a had a real impact on on whatever income they were making pre COVID, and um, you know, it, again, conversations are free. How many times have I said that now yeah, already? They are. Um, I see that say that every podcast, but they really are. And yeah. there are people out there who want to help, um, realtors that want to help, lenders who want to help guide you back on the path to home ownership. Um, if you you know have had some kind of a thing derail you. Setbacks happen all the time. Absolutely. And and you and I see that entirely too often. Right. Um, But it's always nice to have someone who can own a home again after a Mm. hardship. Yeah. Um, Because life happens and you can't control things that, you know, that happen medically or or job-wise. Right. So, um, So, Angie, I think in wrapping up this episode... Um, we could probably forecast that we will talk about home ownership again at some point. I'm pretty sure we will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, you can learn all things from this podcast. <laughs> so um, as we, uh, any final thoughts as we end this podcast? No, I, I think we just need to, um, again, reiterate that we plan on um, talking real estate a lot but we're going to have, hopefully our next episode, we are going to have an entrepreneur on that we can talk to in studio and and um, get their take on their why, bringing us back to um, really the reason why we're doing this. So we hope that you'll tune in for that. We like to end every podcast with a funny story. We so sure do. Angie, I hope you're prepared. <laughs> If you're not, I have another one. <laughs> well, um, funny. So early on in my real estate career, I went out to uh, list a home, and it was out near where I, I grew up. So I felt very comfortable doing the CMA and getting all everything together. I knew right where it was, um, and um, you know, I'm, I'm a big person. I, I want to be prepared, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. So preparation is, is key for me. So I was prepared with all my, um, with all my information. Um, 
like I said, knew right where the house was. Um, and I, this is more of an uncomfortable story probably okay. than funny, but okay. I walked in and I don't know how to describe this. I walked in and the house, it was like walking into somebody, 10 people who had been smoking right at the door. And it was like, you couldn't even see into the house because it was so, um, the smoke just lingered. Yes, foggy. (laughs) And it just lingered there. Now I'm a non-smoker. I have nothing against people who smoke, but when you do smoke in your house, it creates an issue. It does. So I walk in and I sit down and they're, and both husband and wife are smoking and, and, and we talk about it. And if you don't know this about houses that are smoked in, the um, the walls are yellow, the ceiling is yellow, everything is yellow. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a brand new realtor, pretty much, two, two years in maybe. And I have never lived in a home that has been smoked in. Right. So I'm sitting there thinking, why is everything yellow in this house? I don't understand. And I just didn't know. I was just too naive and young to, to know why everything was yellow. And um, But I knew that this house was going to be a real challenge to sell right. because it was so... Um, yeah, it was, it was just so, the smell was so bad. And of course, if you're a smoker, you don't know, you right. don't recognize right. that, that it is. And um, so I don't even know what those people said to me because I literally sat there going, why is everything so yellow? <laughs> I don't understand why everything's so yellow. Plus your brain was probably foggy from all the, <laughs> the cloud of smoke you were probably. sitting in. Probably. Um, and I... I, I I pride myself on being diplomatic and I and I was diplomatic and I think I just said I'm not going to be able to list your house because I have a bad allergy to, to smoke. And so I'm not gonna be able to list your house. Yeah. But um and they were okay with that. Yeah. They were fine. Yeah. Because there are other realtors out there. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't for me. Yeah. But um but then I went right away and talked to my broker and said, This house was so yellow and he said <laughs> You don't know why it was yellow, and he was a smoker. So (laughs) he understood. He understood. Okay, makes sense. Well, thank you for sharing that smoky story. (laughs) So we will look forward to the next podcast. Uh, See you guys next time, and make sure you follow and share on social media. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Simply Authentic Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app.